Pokémon. I want to go to the, oh, the Pumpkin Nights, too. Again, yeah, I yeah. want to go to them. If people don't want to, I don't care. I'm, I'm going. going with you oh, yeah, regardless of Yeah, I'll just be like, fuck y'all. I want to go. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. <gasps> Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Happy Halloween. Have Halloween, bitch. Okay, it's, it's Halloween. Ha- it's Halloween pr- is not one day. Yeah, Halloween's a whole month. Halloween's at least the entire month of October. It's a lifestyle yeah. at this point. So welcome to Anyways Has Your Sex Life. Welcome. We are your Halloween hoes. I'm Channa. I'm Corey. Welcome, bitches. I was going well, to say little fuckers. Cunny cunt cunts. Hi, what'd you say? Cunny cunt cunts. Cunny cunt cunts. <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> Hi. So, uh, Hi. welcome. So we're going to just jump straight into announcements. Yeah, if you can't tell, we've been drinking. We've been drinking. I've been drinking. We've been drinking. Do you want to know why? I'll tell you. Well, maybe we shouldn't because is the bonus episode going to be a surprise? Like what the bonus episode is? Is it? I don't know. Did we already say we'll it? We'll leave it as a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. Because we'll ah! release it after we release this. My grandma just texted me. Oh, my mom called me. Oh, she said, so sad. The Dodgers lost. Oh, sports. Sports. You know what makes sports fun? Is when you bet Alcohol. money on it. Dear God. Oh, We God. got into a... I was just watching Chris watch sports, and I was like, oh, my God. This is fun. <laughs> I want these people to win. basketball season's coming up, which means I'm going to get into sports again, because basketball yes. season's so fun. Uh, for the jazz? For the jazz. Yes. The jizz. Okay, wait. Announcements. Because announcements Okay, we're done. Yeah, forever. announcements. First announcement. Patreon. Boom. Patreon. Take it away, Corey. Okay, so we have this thing called a Patreon, yeah. where you basically go, and you can like show your appreciation for all of the shit that we do. It's true. Um, Appreciate us. And you can also get more from us if you give <laughs> us money. Um, if you become our de- Demon Daddy, that is $7 per month. You get an extra episode. Uh, or wait, I should start at the bottom because it's easier to explain that way. Oh, we start with the bottom. So if you just do $1, you get uh, what we call our cutting room floors. Yes. And that's just extra shit that I cut out as I'm editing. Um, there's about, I would say, anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minutes of content every month just generated by this. And that's just $1 a month. Uh, $3 a month, you get that, plus case files, which we do one case file a month, which is about 40 minutes, yes. where we just dive in deeper into a topic that we've mentioned but said we couldn't go into it because we're trying to focus on our own topic. Yes. Um, then we also do shoot the shit, which is literally anything. Yeah. Anything from tarot readings to... Drinking games. Drinking games to BDSM quizzes, you know, whatever, you name it. Yeah. Um, then uh, if you want to do it all, you get... You, you become what we call our demon daddy, which yeah. is seven dollars yes. a month, and you get all of what I just said plus an entire new episode. These episodes are a little bit shorter on average than what we do now, but they're, they're the same thing. anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. But they're the still like you get a spooky scoop, you get a faggot fact, you get the whole thing. Uh-huh. Like you get us drinking and doing yeah. an episode. Uh huh. It's a good time. It's a good time. So I definitely recommend tier three. 
or tier two or tier one. Yeah. But for those of you guys who can't, or just every once in a while jump in and do a tier three, that's do a true. demon daddy tier. It might be worth because it. you can have access to everything for that whole month. That's true. But for those of you guys who can't do it, because we get it, money. We got it. What you can do instead? <laughs> we have a goddamn Patreon to make some money. <gasps> oh yeah. Is you could enter our fifty dollar Amazon gift card giveaway. Mm. So first things first, the announcement, the an- the winner of this will be announced on the our December like first episode, whichever okay. the first Monday of December is, it's announced then. Uh-huh. It'll be announced on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and our website on yes. December first though. But an actual episode, whatever the first Monday is. Yes. Now how you can enter to potentially win this gift card, two ways. One, if you want one entry, all you have to do is rate us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, screenshot it, slide into our DMs with a screenshot proving to us that you did rate our podcast and then boom you get an entry anything less than four stars you can suck our clits yeah that's just a dick move. fuck off like why'd you even send a <laughs> screenshot now if you want two entries what you do is you rate us and then you also leave us a review so you send us a screenshot like a written of, word of review. a rating and a review and that equals two entries so it's pretty great like two entries i mean that obviously is the way to go yeah. it's up to y'all like I mentioned a thousand times, send us a screenshot of your rating or, or your rating plus happen. review or didn't happen because I have people leaving reviews and like you, the review username does not match any Instagram handle that follows us. And so I don't know who you are. So True. sex us the pick. Next announcement, the most important announcement out of all these announcements. La 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 listener, listener stories. stories. Boom, boom, boom. We're looking for 11 more listener stories. We need them by November 1st. So send them to us because we're recording on November 1st mm-hmm. at like 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So get it sent to us before then. Seriously, send them. Like last time we had like a fuckload of people send uh, listener stories. This time less people are sending them. We have like you five cunts. or six right now. But we definitely you want 13 because like 13 is a good number to have for listener uh-huh. stories. So um, send like it to that. us. It makes like a 50-minute hour length. It's yeah perfect. exactly and we are going to consider you anonymous unless you specifically state otherwise yes so um yeah so send us those yeah send stories. us crazy fun sex stories true crime related stories supernatural related stories yeah pretty shit much like that anything that you feel like we would ever say on this podcast yeah. you can send it to us do it um, it could even be like oh my fucking aunts dated ted bundy like yeah. it could be something like that or it could be something about like i don't know he got like fucked in the ass by a demon Please. or it could be like a hilarious sexual fantasy you have or like a crazy hilarious sex story yeah. you have like you want someone to just like eat ice cream for a week and then shit in your mouth yeah like yeah. <laughs> like that's fine we'll talk about it <laughs> well we will totally do we will totally look down upon you because we look down upon scatting we'll kink shave you but we'll talk yeah, about we're it we're cool with <laughs> most kinks but scatting and we ain't sc- cool i think it was just scatting we, we found another we found one we did and we shamed it but we, we forgot we did because i said it's all i remember saying like this is like this is almost as bad as I was like, this is almost as bad as scatting we did we shamed the shit out of it i can't remember but, but fuck scatting um last announcement i announced it the past couple weeks but i'm gonna just continuously announce this because it's very exciting go check out our website y'all yeah, bitch. i put a lot of hard work into our website which is ahyslpodcast.com it's really pretty it's really pretty there's it, we think it's really pretty you can now like read all of our faggot facts and spooky scoops there you can see a bunch of pictures of us our instagram's I need linked to update my so yeah, there's so much on our website. Like, go check it out. It's it's like a really good place to be. And another thing you can check out is our Instagram, which is Anyways Has Your Sex Life, or our Facebook and Twitter, which is A H Y S L Podcast. Boom. 
Okay, so let's jump into my packet fact. Yes. Yeah, mine today um, is on the origins of gay Halloween. Ooh. Okay. And why, and why, and this is sort of just like the origins of why we have always, like in modern day, we just like, you know, gays and Halloween are just like, you know, the same thing, basically. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, tomato, tomato, they're synonymous. Like you always like, when you think of gay, you think of Halloween. When you think of Halloween, you think of gays. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or we just like in the queer community like to identify that with us, you know? I mean, I, I just have always been into Halloween. I think most gays just sort of are. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into that, like, speculation and that psychology, but let's just go with, like, really why, in a cultural way, Halloween is tied with gays and vice versa. I don't know, Corey. <coughs> let's get into so, it. Sorry. Do you what? like Halloween? You're gay. Yep. <laughs> if you like Halloween, you're a fucking faggot. You're a fucking faggot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Let's look at the origins of gay Halloween. Yeah. So before that, let's go over the the like a quick roots of Halloween in America. Okay, in the U.S. of A. Before Halloween um existed, we all know that like it used to be All Hallows Day, which was All Saints Day, um which was or it was the night before All Hallows Day, All Saints Day, which was November first, whatever, and that it was connected. This is connected even back further to the Celtic festival of Samhain or Samhain. That was practiced in the British Isles, okay? And it means summer's end. Cute. Um, I will go into that in a couple weeks, and that'll be my entire uh, spooky or supernatural segment, is that we'll go dive deep into the origins of Halloween. Yes. Okay. And at least four times during the episode, we will go, this is Halloween. This This is is Halloween. 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 Yeah. And we'll be naked. And we'll be naked. Just hollow queef in into the microphone. Queef in. <laughs> hollow queef. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> hey, that Howard Stern. That's disgusting. You're welcome. Okay. So, um, European immigrants brought their rituals and customs to America. One of these was Halloween. And due to the North being more tying or being tied more to their Protestant background and just how like the Puritans came over. Um, the North didn't really celebrate Halloween that much in the like 17, 1600s or 1600s, and then into the early 1800s. Um, it's more the South that celebrates Halloween, mm. and there's even um, there are even accounts, like actual historical accounts, of them tying in Halloween esque stuff with um, the Native Americans' like harvest uh, festivals or oh. harvest traditions that they had. And then we go jump forward into the mid 1800s. Um, this is when nearly 2 million I- Irish immigrants flee for the, for, because of the potato famine. Um, when they flee, they bring in their customs even bigger from Halloween. Oh, and then adding this with Scottish influence and with English influence from their celebration of Guy Fawkes Day, this sort of brings big traditions that we know of nowadays that we attribute to Halloween. So we have fireworks are brought in, ghost stories, um, nights of mischief, bobbing for apples, etc. We also, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, so my spooky soup today kind of ties into what you're talking about right now. Yeah, because you're talking about pumpkins. Yeah, the origin yeah. of like the jack o' lantern. And mine's about how it's from the, the Irish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because Irish of the world. turnips. Yeah, because yay. Of Sorry, jack. I'm like I'm spoiling. No, I'll it's okay. Spoiling. Okay. You don't spoil anything. You just spoiled the 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 vehicle that you. Okay, vehicle. Okay, but yeah. So they. Th- so it's like I didn't really know this. This is really cool. Like we have this. Um, I mainly Irish influence with Scottish and English sort of uh, flares. I think actually the mischief mischief stuff and fireworks was brought from the Scots, and then also definitely from Guy Fox Day, the English brought in fireworks and stuff mm. like that. I know I just said fireworks twice, but it's okay. I meant it. 
Um, then here's one big thing that was brought that I just like need to say. And yes. I, even when I, when I was researching this, I like brought Savannah over and I was like, Savannah, she's one of our listeners and she yeah. works with us. Shout and out I was Savannah! Like, I was like, Savannah, you need to come listen to this. I need to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one thing that they, that like the Scots brought over. This is a Halloween tradition. Dildos. Young women were frequently told if they sat in dark rooms and gazed into a mirror, <gasps> the face of their future husbands would appear. <gasps> However, if a skull appeared, the poor girl would be destined to die before marriage. Oh, my God. Fuck that. What the fuck? That's just like spooky demon shit and misogyny wrapped up into one mirror. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fuck that that shit. That is shit fuck. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, moving on. Shout out to you, Savannah. Shout out to Savannah. We love you. Savannah is actually going to be on our Halloween bonus episode this year because mm-hmm. we're going to do another campfire Halloween episode. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of tequila. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, by the way, we made um, blackberry sage margaritas. So they look like really blood. Good. Like it's like blood Yeah, red. it's like a really nice bloody drink. It's nice. Yeah. And, and the sage makes it taste so good. And normally you add like dry ice to make it spooky, but it's just the two of us sitting in a blanket for it. So we don't need to be that extra. Yeah, we don't need to be that extra. It's okay. Okay, moving on from the mid-1800s to the early 1900s. So the focus of Halloween sort of reshifted shifted from this, like, religious holiday that was uh, sort of, you know, even though I did talk about that mischief stuff going on and, like, bobbing for apples and stuff, it was still known that, like, hey, this is reserved around, like, this is observed because of All Saints Day and because it's the end of summer and it's important and there's religious ties to it, but, yeah, we're still going to have fun. Okay. Um, so it sort of goes away from that by the end like by the early 1900s and um it turned into like a more communal celebration what we see now just people getting together and partying and having fun yeah and there's a thing called guising which was actually a practice dating back to the middle ages when the poor would go around asking for food or money this is when they sort of take guising and make the children adopt it into going around and asking for treats um, this uh, instead of going around from door to door, though, when this started in the early 1900s, they would just go to parties because, you ah. you know, you'd have a party for like your entire block or like your entire friends or like your workplace. Yeah. Um, you know, because they were more community, you know, they were more like actual communities than they are now where you just find like a few friends from your workplace or whatever. And then they're your friends. Yeah. Um, So they would go and do this like at events instead of go around door to door. That happened, um, but it didn't really happen until a little bit later. So as we move away from like the early 1900s and get into like the 20s and stuff like that, um, the spooky super superstitions sort of sorry whoa I sort of stuttered there. At this time, the spooky superstitions sort go. of die off a little bit. Boo! And Halloween becomes more lighthearted, more towards children, more towards de- getting together, and just another excuse to get together and enjoy each other's company, sort of like fucking Thanksgiving and fucking Christmas. Yeah, but I love getting <laughs> fucked by a demon, yeah. so Halloween's the shit. Yeah, so Thanksgiving and Christmas can fuck off. Yeah, fuck you, like Christmas. <laughs> fuck you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Jesus. We're all about jack lantern. <laughs> You're not real. <laughs> I want to fuck a jack lantern more than I want to fuck Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know Jesus might be a little kinky. Oh, yeah. With, he, like, puts that crown of thorns on you in the bedroom. Oh, shit. Ooh. Ooh. We just lost at least five followers. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like, I'm out. But I don't give a shit. I give a fucking shit. Fuck your Christian Jesus. <laughs> um. So, also, when we get into, like, the 20s and the 30s especially, um, 
Halloween becomes a little bit more sinister and more yes. focused towards the act of vandalizing. So it's oh. not not like it doesn't get more spooky occult. It sort of is just still like it sort of just becomes a night of mischief for kids to be assholes and stuff like that. Boo. Even the KKK has been Ooh, reported using boo. it as a night to just like, cause there's enough chaos with the kids and stuff. They would just totally be like total fuckheads against African-Americans what? and like commit crimes and maybe deaths or murders. Why does the KKK like have to exist? Why can they, they just all should just go. Because people are off. pieces of shit. They're just pieces of goddamn shit. Pieces of goddamn shit. Fuck you KKK. But we're not talking about pieces of goddamn shit. We're talking about Halloween. We're talking about some motherfucking gays <laughs> in Halloween. <laughs> um, so when we get to, we're, uh, I sort of like went to the 19, the two, into the 20s and the 30s, but okay. we're going to backtrack a teeny bit and go to 1914 and 1920 at the same time. Ooh. And I'll get, I'll explain why. DP me. So there's a claim, claim from both Hiawatha, Kansas and Anoka, Minnesota, that they were the towns that started Halloween celebrations as we know them today. So the former, which is Hiawatha, Kansas, starts in 1914. Okay. And then the latter, Anoka, Minnesota, starts in 1920. Anoka, Minnesota. Yeah. No, Anoka, Minnesota also has the actual official, like, birthplace of Halloween in the world oh. title, as well as Salem, Massachusetts. Classic. Yeah. So they keep that those claims, but there's also, also claims and actual, like, dated history and stories of... of a woman in Hiawatha, Kansas, starting Halloween celebrations on Halloween night. That, you there is a drunk history about this that yeah. actually came out last year that you can go watch. That's pretty funny. I love drunk history. I want to watch it. Yeah. So um, this is so drunk history has a good one about the Hiawatha, Kansas, where a woman by the name of Elizabeth Krebs didn't want her garden van- vandalized. Van- van- vandalized. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's the good one. Um, so good. she personally planned and funded and put together Same. a Halloween party. Yes. Yeah. And then just from there, it sort of blew up. I, okay. She might be my ancestor. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just say from the 1910s and 20s, late late, teen, late teens and, and then early 20s, sort of Halloween celebrations and doing Halloween shit and bobbing for apples and going around and trick-or-treating explodes from there and spreads throughout the United States and then throughout the entire world. Okay. Um, uh, what I did want to note though, is that film and TV popular popularized. I can't, I'm sorry. I've been drinking tequila. Oh, popular. I'm drunk. I can't speak. So I'm you know drunk. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. I'm drunk. <laughs> it's Wednesday. Simone like gets up to it and then she speaks. She's like popularized. Yeah, popularized. <laughs> She's like drunk and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> meow. Um, meow. <laughs> Oh, she's like, I'm sorry for these fuckheads. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm the new podcast host, Simone. Simone. She has the most like smooth Ooh, voice. Like the most sexy, smooth ass voice. But it's all oh, high like what's the girl from uh, Roger Rabbit? Oh, Jessica Rabbit. Is it Jessica Rabbit? Is not her name. But she's not a rabbit. The bitch with but the red dress. Name? With the big yeah. titties and red dress. Well, no, she has red hair, but doesn't she have a purple, a sparkly, sparky, it's a sparkly, sparkly red dress? Purple dress. It's Is a sparkly it red? red dress. Purple glove. <laughs> I can't. Speak Jessica today. Rabbit. I'm excited. Isn't that her name? As I take another drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure her name's Jessica Rabbit. 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 <laughs> you know who You're... would make a great Jessica Rabbit for a Halloween costume? What? Is uh, Joan from Mad Men. Oh my God! She has those curves. She is so hot. She's Every, so beautiful. Just, she's just so. It's like, it's like art porn. Totally. <laughs> it's like art. Yeah, just so great. Because she's it. like such avant-garde porn. Yeah, her curves are just like <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I love her. Okay, um, so yeah, from there we have TV and film popularizes 
um, Halloween and then also like communalizes it because it gives it like an identity and like, hey, you do this and this and this and this. And um, then people just take it from there. Okay? okay. From there, we come to what we call the Cliffs Variety Store. And that's where we tie in the with San Francisco and the, the Cliffs Variety Store. This thing is a, what would you say? Clits? Clits. Clits Variety Store <laughs> in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, it starts in store. like the early 40s. And this is where we attach to, you know, we connect to San Francisco and the gays. So here we go. Before the Castro, you know, the Castro uh, Street in San Francisco, which became like the the main gayborhood, gayborhood eventually in San Francisco, which like started like a big movement of gays. Okay. okay. We don't need to get into that. Okay. So before the Castro, meaning that that you know neighborhood surrounding that street, um, was a famous gay district in San Francisco. It played host to an annual children's costume contest that took place at Cliffs Variety Store starting in 1948. So we okay. just jumped ahead 20, 30 years. Okay. So from the Cliffs Variety Store, okay. um, it starts sometime I think in the late 30s, early 40s. I don't know, but now we're moving over to San Francisco. So before the Castro was a famous gay district in San Francisco. If you don't know that about that, look up the Castro district. It's like really the biggest part in American history and just like the biggest, um, very important sector of San Francisco for gays all around the world because. This this or this like gay district where it becomes like a community for gays was like the first community, also the Greenwich Village in New York and stuff like that. It's very important. Go look it up. Harvey Milk, shit like that. We've we've, we've <laughs> talked about this place before. Okay, shit like that. Yeah, just look it up, bitch. <laughs> okay, so um, before it became a famous gay district, it played it played host to an annual children's costume contest that took place at Cliffs Variety Store starting in 1948. Okay. So during this uh, costume contest, it was also like a costume contest slash Halloween festival that sort of took place in the area. When the gays started moving into the area and the fam- the family started moving out, this sort of happened in the 60s and into the 70s. So by the end of the decade of the 70s, drag queens had totally taken <gasps> over the costume contest at Cliffs where they like basically held it themselves. Yes! Like children stopped going over a decade and drag queens were like, fuck yeah, bitch, this is our shit now. Fuck yeah. We're like, fuck you children, we're gay. Yeah, fuck kids, we gay. <laughs> yeah, fuck kids, we Wait, gay. Wait, that sounds, fuck kids, comma. <laughs> yeah, fuck you kids, <laughs> comma, fuck you kids, we comma, gay. we gay. <laughs> <laughs> so by 1979, the children's Halloween uh, ended I like the children's, like the cliff contest ended as the neighborhood's population shifted from families with children to more single men. Okay. So we're going to backtrack, backtrack a teeny bit to give a teeny like overview of gays in San Francisco. So okay. Halloween in the Castro was tied to the LGBT culture of San Francisco and began in the fifties and sixties in the Tenderloin Polk street area of the city. That was the mainstream gay place before Castro street came. Okay. Okay. So if y'all don't know, it's widely known that, San Francisco became the big ass gay place because after World War II and during World War II, people who were gay and just uh, Navy men who were stationed or like, you know, who were stationed in the Pacific would come to San Francisco on leave and shit like that. Or they would be dishonorably j- discharged in and then sent to San Francisco and dropped off okay. And they're, because they were gay. So they either figured that out or it became a haven for men during their like leave okay. to like be gay. So dick sucking was going on yeah dick sucking was going on ever <laughs> like you know especially during world war ii yeah, yeah. okay lots of dicks again. so your grandpa's dick was sucked yeah when the when the um when the war ends when world war ii ends the military personnel are like we're fucking gay 
and we're here. So like, let's just stay here because the war's over and we don't know what to do with our lives or where to go. So like, let's celebrate Halloween. Yeah. So the tenderloin area becomes basically a strip with sex and sex and drugs, you know, sex clubs, every all that shit like that. Okay. Um, and be, it basically creates a community that starts, then moves over to the Castro at the end of the 60s and, you know, and like, you know, I guess halfway through the 70s, it sort of becomes a thing. I'm not exactly sure on the exact years. I forget all the time, but it's in the 70s more. Before this happens, they have big Halloween celebra- celebrations. And long story short, or like five points short, I'll just sum through it because it's getting a little boring. We move from, like, they used to have big Halloween parties before they even moved to the Castro. And then they moved to the Castro, take over the Cliffs uh, variety, show. variety, you know, costume show. Yeah, yeah. And then it becomes like gay, big Halloween gay shit going on. Cute. This is Halloween, motherfuckers. Yeah. So, and officially, historians and people alike just say, in 1979, the adult gay Halloween party moved to Castro Street in the Castro, which by which by the early 1970s had replaced Polk Gulch as San Francisco's most imported, important gay neighborhood. So that's just like, as the gays shifted to Castro, so did the Halloween celebrations switch to the Castro. So that is important because these Halloween bashes in the Castro became so important and so big while also tying into Harvey Milk and the gay, like the beginnings of the gay liberation movement. Okay. I mean, that also happened with uh, Stonewall, blah, blah, in 1970. Blah, blah, but blah. But this was really big here because they were like, there was a huge ass community that had a political hold, okay? Yeah. And they had power and they would fight back against the police, et cetera, et cetera. And these fuckers love so, Halloween. Um, this became so big and these Halloween celebrations became so in- intense that they um, basically in the 80s and the 90s, in the 80s and 90s and, and into, the, into the 2000s, the parties were shut down because they like got too big and really intense. I'll go into it a little bit later why they got shot down. Mm-hmm. But there in 2002, there was over 500,000 people <gasps> trying to be on Castro Street. Oh my God, Which is crazy. impossible. That's like, crazy. Like there can't, it can't even hold a hundred thousand. That's crazy. But they had five hundred thousand people trying to be a part of this Halloween. Co- like I wish I was there. Jeez. Holy fuck! Like that's, that's Project X times a billion. Times one bajillion. <laughs> like, holy fucking shit. That's insane. And yeah. it's like early two thousands gays. <laughs> so they're like way. Yeah, they're like buying. Yeah, they're like so fucking extra. <laughs> they're like fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there's also a side, a side little thing that I'll say here is that. Uh, so as the the cliffs uh, thing stopped in 1979, when the owner was like, "Okay, this is too gay. There's not any children. Like, fuck this. I don't want to be part of this." Um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence sort of picked up this contest and sort of formed because of this whole Halloween centric stuff around the uh, around the cliffs. Uh, what do you call it? Variety show. Variety show. Sorry. So the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Most of y'all have seen them. They dressed up in nun costumes and put on white makeup. Um, I'm going to go into them because they deserve an entire faggot fact themselves. They're basically a drag orient performance oriented group that uh, dress this way as a form of protest um, to just gender norms and the LGBTQ community being treated poorly. And they are mostly focused on throwing pr- performances together to benefit and be a charity organization for youth LGBT, yes. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're yes, all about queen. service and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. So go fucking them. And this is really cool because while we're going through all this history, sorry to be so history centric, um, this whole thing, this whole centered event around Halloween being so big and then moving to the Castro and then the cliffs, um, 
hello or costume contest being shut down this is what starts the sisters of perpetual indulgence what i had no idea is this is really cool that halloween's tied in with, with this yeah so again while this whole halloween thing is being so big in the castro in the 70s 80s and 90s it, it sparks like people in new york as well um and in miami as well as the key west and like in new york in the greenwich village it sort of sparks them also doing street parties so by the 1980s these street parties try and mimic what's going on in the castro for halloween there's a one really big one in greenwich village that is known as the halloween parade or the village halloween parade that is the largest halloween parade in the world sick and, and i think it still is today this basically then from there in the 90s and 2000s sort of goes off into mainstream hetero culture and then just makes Halloween cool for adults. Um, there's like diagrams that you can see or, or whatever where like every decade since the 70s, like how our adult per- participation in Halloween's or adults considering Halloween an adult holiday like doubles like every fucking decade and then like in 2004 it just like explodes thanks gays (laughs) yeah so thanks gays so this is really like when people say that gays are halloween like our halloween is for the gays like it really is like we how gays made halloween for adults and i never really i just thought that and claimed that just because it's fun to be a boss ass bitch but it's like it's a real but it really is a real thing like there really is like studies on this and shit like that this is fucking cool Corey. yeah so like I said, like I said earlier, I'll go back to like the actual things and the how big the Castro celebration got and why it was shut down. Yes. Okay. So, in 2002, 500,000 people celebrated Halloween in the Castro, and four people were stabbed. <gasps> then in 2003, uh, or sorry, then in 2006, nine people were wounded when a shooter opened <gasps> fire at the celebration. <gasps> Yeah, and then that is what canceled Halloween in in Castro. Ever since then, ever since 2006, um, the police in 2007, uh, 600 police were deployed to the Castro on Halloween to break up any street parties. And then they started something that was like a zero tolerance policy for public drinking and public meetings in like for Halloween on Halloween night. And then they started something which I didn't write it down, but it's basically, oh, it's like Halloween Castro or it's like Halloween in your house. Um, So they have this really big thing where ever since 2006, the police and the like the community and like, you know, the politicians politically set up like, hey, if you are holding something at your bar or at your work or at your house, put it on a website or get it out to people or put it on a bulletin so that people can meet in houses and celebrate Halloween in houses instead of out on the street mm. so that this doesn't happen again so that people don't get shot and killed. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, that's like a so little sad ending sad. to that. <laughs> Sorry to end on that sad note. Mass shooting. Sad. Yeah. Sad. But yeah, so that is really true. Like we just said before that sad ass mass shooting stuff, like <laughs> it really is real when gays are like, no, Halloween is for the gays and like gays made Halloween what it is today. We really did. Fuck gay rights so yeah yeah go gay rights yeah fuck, fuck comma gay rights yeah fuck comma <laughs> our exclamation gay point yeah. gay rights <laughs> fuck gay rights <laughs> <laughs> so there we go sorry that was a little disjointed that was just like a lot of information i had to sun up because i had like twice as much information that's crazy yeah gays made halloween that's like jessica lang she's like all gays do is munch bunts munch butts and celebrate and celebrate halloween. halloween i'm not there yet but yeah <laughs> uh okay so let's jump into my spooky scoop my spooky scoop is very nugget today. Yes. Because it's a Halloween one. Mine was long as 
fuck. Yeah, last week's Spooky Scoop was like 30 minutes, so I'm trying to do a short one. Yeah. So we can go back and forth. So my Spooky Scoop is of the origin of the jack-o'-lantern. Ooh. So it's really fast. Um, it's just a really fun origin story. Just It's really spooky and fun and cute. Um, so the practice of carving a jack-o'-lantern dates, dates back to a centuries-old Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack. So that's Ooh. why it kind of like ties into what Corey talked about earlier about how Halloween, like so a lot of the traditions came from like the Irish, mm-hmm. um, and the, like the jack-o'-lantern is one of those Halloween cool. traditions that came from them. So I am going to be reading a whole like excerpt from history.com because i tried rewriting it like myself like a million different ways and i was like fuck this i was like they do it the best way like i'm good so here it is from history.com so this is like the legend of stingy jack okay um so according to the story stingy jack invited the devil to have a drink with him true to his name stingy jack didn't want to pay for his drink so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin um, so that Jack could use that coin to buy their drinks. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the coin instead, and so he put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the, the devil from changing back to its original form. Damn, the, de- the devil got played. The devil got fucking played. So Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year, and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. Um, now the next why year, only one year the next year the devil showed back up and jack again tricked the devil um, he told the devil to climb into a tree to pick a piece of fruit so the devil climbed into the tree to pick the fruit and then jack just started carving crosses into the bark <gasps> so the devil got stuck in the tree okay so the devil was not able to come down the tree until the devil promised jack not to bother him for 10 more years soon after this jack died now, Aww. as the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory, unsavory figure into heaven. <laughs> and the devil, upset by all the tricks that Jack has played on him throughout the years, kept his word and did not claim his soul. Oh, so like the devil's such a nice guy. So, but because of this, Jack was rejected by heaven and rejected by hell. Yeah. So he was like in the in-between. So the devil then decided to send Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light the way. Jack put the burning coal into a carved out turnip and has since been roaming the earth with, uh, with the turnip ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and soon that became Jack O'Lantern. Jack O'Lantern. Now the ritual. I love Halloween. This ritual, is getting me so excited. I know. I fucking I know. love Halloween. I know. So the ritual was passed on to generation after generation. Um, it went all the way across Europe and then finally landed in America. Um, now it switched over to pumpkins because because pumpkins are a native fruit to America. So uh-huh. when the Irish like when they all rolled up to America and they saw these dank ass carving devices, yeah. they're like sick jack o' lantern, jack o' pumpkin. So today, carving pumpkins has kind of transformed into like a family-friendly activity. But back in the day, it was a way to ward off Stingy Jack and other evil beings. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. So that is the origin of Jack-O-Lantern. Yay. Oh, my God. I fucking love fucking Halloween. Me fucking too. <laughs> the next three weeks are like the most fun. And then I want to go kill myself. I know. Okay. So <laughs> but Hawaii will save us. So we're going to take a quick break. We will be back after these words from the Death Dames podcast. Ooh. Greetings, creepy friends. 
I'm Kim. I'm Lila. And I'm Allie. And we are the hosts of the Death Dames podcast, a true crime slash science slash history slash comedy podcast, where we explore the science and history behind your favorite true crime and macabre stories. Have you ever found yourself wondering the how and why behind a story? Like, you know that Jeffrey Dahmer worked at the chocolate factory, but how do you even make chocolate? Or have you wondered about if Elizabeth Bathory really bathed in blood? And if so, does that work? I mean, didn't Kim Kardashian do that like three years ago? How do urban legends get started? And what's the science behind fear? Because I don't know about you, but I refuse to play Bloody Mary, even though I know it's not real. The Death Dames podcast was created in an effort to combine a huge number of different topics into one mixed up podcast. So you can leave feeling like you learned a little something new. If you're interested in the show, check us out on your favorite podcast provider and subscribe today. We release new episodes every Wednesday. Okay. We're back, everybody. We're back. I hope you enjoyed those words by Death Dames Podcast. Yeah, Go check them out. Yeah, you fucking enjoy those words. They're great. We're going to be tagging them in an Instagram we post. We took another shot. We did. <laughs> We're dr- I'm, we probably I'm, shouldn't have, but we did. I'm drunk. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be a hot mess during my segment. Yeah, like, if you don't understand this episode, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's Halloween. Just move on. It's move Halloweeners. On yeah. Okay, so mine today is really fun. Both of ours are fun. Both of ours is fun. So I hope we're not too drunk so we can't explain them. I know! (laughs) Because I barely explained my goddamn spooky scoop (laughs) or whatever it is. (laughs) There we go. And I was like really into it when I was researching it. And I feel like I didn't do half of the justice of it. I liked it. I liked your faggot fact. When I edit it, it should sound perfect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like re-record it tomorrow. Smells like what the fuck? You like add in like random ass noises I make, Aww. pretending it's like a natural <laughs> podcast. Oh my god. Okay, so mine today is on the confessions of Isabel Gaudi. Shit. Yeah, or Gaudi. I don't know. Where the fuck, you, you know, fucking that? Scott say? Is it a car outside? Please be a car. It outside. sounds like a TV. It sounded a TV. It sounded like someone's loud ass TV. I think it might be a car outside. Or it's a demon who's or it's playing a demon. piano. Or it sounds like somebody at least like singing. It's tiptoe through the no. toilet. Fuck that. I'm glad. Ever, uh, the Insidious was the second. It was the runner up for Queer Nights. I'm excited. So if, so if people want to stay and watch one, we'll watch the Insidious. Fun. Which is fun. Okay. So mine's on Isabel Godi. It's her confession. So we're going to set the stage for a little bit here. Do a little bit of history, but it's not much at all. Okay. Okay. So. One of the like main uh, defining characteristics of the 17th century, <laughs> I can't say words tonight, <laughs> was the hunt, um, was Cunt. the witch hunt in Europe and America. Kay. Okay. So in America, everybody knows the infamous Salem witch trials that were going on that took place from the 1692 to 1693. It is a car outside. Yes. They're bumping it. They're just dry humping and dipping. But in Europe, the witch burnings and all that shit were way too much, com- way more common and happened way longer. It was like the entire 17th century that this went on and you could probably argue longer. Okay. Mm. So one of the most intense places that this happened was Scotland itself. An estimated four to 6,000 people were accused, tried and executed <gasps> for witchcraft. Holy shit. In fucking goddamn Scotland. That's wild. So it was in the, in the late 16th, so the late 1500s, the 17th and early 18th century. So we have the late 1500s to the early 1700s. Over s- about four to 6,000 people were accused, tried and killed for witchcraft. That's fucking That's fucking crazy. cool. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, fuck Christianity, but that was cool. That was so crazy. 
<laughs> Shit. I mean, we have some cool ass Halloween stories for Christianity. So that's probably literally the only good thing that Christianity did. <laughs> is kill people? Is is kill people so we have cool stories nowadays about yeah. witchcraft. Thanks Christianity. <laughs> Thanks Christianity for doing one cool thing, but it was still horrible. Also for bringing <laughs> Jesus, who we discovered earlier today, is probably really good in bed because he's yeah. probably puts that Oh yeah, he's really kinky in bed. Crown yeah. all up on yeah. your dick. <laughs> <laughs> um so, um per capita it was this is you know, relative to Scotland, per capita, it was one of the highest rates of witchcraft persecution in all of Europe. Perhaps the most famous of the witchcraft trials in Scotland was the confessions of Isabel Gody. Gody. I don't fucking know. Okay. Yes, bitch. So, Isabel Gody was a typical 17th century housewife. <laughs> I thought you were about to say ho. No, she was a ho, typical bitch. 17th century slut. bitch. Um, she was born Catholic, but later converted Protestant because she was married to an elder of the Protestant fucking religion. Go her, I guess. However, not go her because it, the, <laughs> one of the biggest things to note about her that she was dissatisfied with her husband. Good for her. <laughs> that was the only like out of the ordinary thing. That I'll was tell you right now. Her. He did not know what the clit was. Oh, yeah. He Lights were know. off. All you yeah. could hear was like light grunting and breathing. Yeah. It, it like, lasted a minute. It was. He was only in it for himself. Yeah. It lasted approximately 66 seconds yeah exactly yeah, not and, even 69 he so couldn't like, even get to that and every time after he'd have to like fall asleep and like do some like gross shit oh, immediately she would then just masturbate and go to yeah, sleep and yeah. just hate her husband more just every like masturbate night. and think of lucifer totally just like fucking pegging her against the wall it's fine girl we all go through it yeah everyone has to masturbate and think of lucifer <laughs> at some point in their life so she lived with her husband whose name john gilbert that's real and Loch Loy, which is real, which is about two miles north of um, Alduron. Oh, my God. From Star no, Wars? No, not Alduron. <laughs> okay. Alduron. Oh. O- Older. Okay. Old Urin. I think so. I looked up on Wick, uh, on uh, on YouTube. It's called, it's A-U-L-D-E-A-R-N. Alderaan. So it looks like Alderaan. From Star Wars. Which reminds me of one Star Wars and then two Aldebaran, which is a star, which Enya has a fucking um, song called Aldebaran. Um, and it's very beautiful. And Enya is has a lot of Celtic bass. So like, you know, circles, 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 circles. There we go. Fucking love Enya. Um, so it's all old urin. So it's not, so like when he, pr- when this person pronounced it in YouTube, it was like old urin, old urin. I, I don't know who fucking knows. Okay. Fuck old words. Urn. Okay. So Godie, a woman with a fire red hair and incredible mm-hmm. beauty was brought to trial in Mora Schreier, Mora Schreier, Mora Schreier <laughs> and confessed to being a witch on April 13th of 1662. Shit. Do you think this was Friday the 13th? I hope. Oh my god! Sick. Can we look up? We're pausing. Okay, what's Everyone. April thirteenth, nineteen sixty or sixteen sixty six. Wait, sixteen sixty six. No, sixteen sixty two. I I wish it was sixteen sixty. Oh. She should have waited fucking four years. You God stupid damn. bitch! Yeah. You didn't wait no, she's for... not a stupid bitch. She's actually cool. But she didn't wait till sixteen sixty two calendar. The was only... the Gregorian calendar? Yeah, it was instigated like in fucking yeah, way way before this in Rome. Okay. The 1662 calendar. <laughs> I love the goddamn internet. I know. What are we, April 13th? April 13th. God damn it, it was a fucking Thursday. No! Fuck! Fuck this bitch. So you're trying to tell me this girl did not get fucked on 
Friday the 13th or 1666? What uh, is the point to this God podcast? Damn it. April 13th, 1662. What a pleb. A Thursday on 1962 yeah. or 1662. However, it is the manner of her confession and the details therein that are the really interesting part of Isabel Godey's tale. So I let's am... get into her motherfucking confession. Fine. This better be a good confession. Chan, she's a boss ass bitch. Because I am pissed off. She describes in detail Satan's cock. Girl, me too. She's you cool. You special. <laughs> <laughs> So, according to the court <laughs> records, Godi provided her confessions, quote-unquote, without torture. She made them four times in a row with accuracy. So, she had to repeat this four times in a row from April 13th to May 27th, 1662. She did this four times, and she did it with accuracy. Nice. So, she wasn't lying. So Good for her. In this time period, torture was in this time period, like the not the four, like these four weeks or the six weeks time period in the whole time period of the six or the 17th century, the 1600s. Um, torture was only recorded as having occurred if it was ordered by the court after the trial began. OK, so therefore, there's a good possibility that Isabel was starved, also not allowed to sleep and possibly had her legs crushed or hobbled <gasps> prior to the trial because oh they didn't God. like. Um, they didn't record this as um, being torture. They recorded this as enhanced interrogation. Okay. Crushing your leg bones? Yeah. So this made me dive into a little bit of a rabbit hole of like things they would do, do, do during this time. They would do like six specific things, but I didn't want to go into it. But I go into one cool thing that I got from SpookyScotland.com. Yeah, that's a real website. <laughs> it's a fucking that's real, a fucking real that's website. That's a fucking this real website. This is like the most credible source we've yeah. ever had on this podcast. So this is word for word from SpookyScotland.com <laughs> about one of these other interrogation methods that they would do to quote unquote witches. It like ends in 420 blaze it faggot. <laughs> <laughs> so searches for a witch mark or witch pricking. This was considered to be legal, and there were people employed as witch prickers. What the fuck? I want to be a witch pricker. I am a witch pricker. I want to be a warlock pricker. Ooh. Damn. Ooh. I'm a witch and or warlock Ooh. pricker. Oh. Um, the pricker tested for the devil's mark, a spot on the body where a, pain, a pin could be slipped in without bleeding or pain. This was seen as proof that the witch had entered into a pact with the devil, getting powers to cause maleficium. Uh, the pricker began by stripping the victim naked and <laughs> shaved them from head to toe. I don't know why that needs to happen, because fucking men are disgusting. That's fucked um, up. Then the pin was pushed in again and again <gasps> until the right spot was found. This was not a small dress markers pin but a thicker handmade pin several inches long just kill me sometimes the victim would pass out during the experience and be incapable of calling out in pain in other cases parts of the body were massaged until numb sometimes the witch pricker would use a retractable blade so it looked like the pin had entered the accused the accused flesh <laughs> when in reality the blade had been withdrawn into the handle shaft However, it would be remembered that this was a society which praised modesty. Most of the victims accused were women who were stripped naked in public and handled all over their bodies. This was humiliating sexual abuse. Many would confess just to make it stop. So those, those multiple techniques where they would massage to make it numb or just because the pain was so long, eventually they would not feel a pinprick. Or the, the third one where they would use the fake you know, retractable pin 
those were three methods that were being like, oh, I finally print-picked you and you didn't feel this one, so that means that was a devil's mark, you're a witch. Oh, my God. Or women would just be like, I didn't feel that one. Please put my clothes back on because you're sexually abusing me. Oh, my God. Yeah, so fuck men. Fuck Christianity. Okay, so despite all that shit, that little rabbit hole that we went into, her testimony was essentially the same on these four different occasions, and they were done without any of this considered torture, allegedly. Okay, so nor did she, after she did these confessions four different times, nor in between them did she ever dispute that she was a witch. Literally, like we talked about the Pendleton witches in like episode six or seven. That was so fun. Where they're like, are you a witch? And the girl's like, yeah, I'm a fucking witch. I love that bitch. <laughs> you fucking, I love her. She's like, yeah, her. I'm a fucking witch. She's like, I'm a fucking witch. God damn it. I told you. <laughs> She's like, how many goddamn times do I have to tell so you? So this is, this is actually uh, 50 years later. About 50 years. Or Ooh. no, um, this is 19... 19- what was this? Uh, 1662. 16, so this is about this is about 45 years later, after Ew. the Pendleton witches. So that bitch is dead. Because that was like 1616 or 1618 that that all went on. That was like a good that. story. The Pendleton. Witches. I like the Pendleton witches. That's one of my favorites still. Okay, so Isabel Goody was assisted in her confession by another witch, by the name of Janet Braidhead. Janet. <laughs> Together, they implicated more than 30 others in their confessions. <laughs> There is also no existing record of any of these people's fates, but it is widely assumed that Godie and Braidhead, at the very least, they were the ones who were put to death. But they really, like, totally were like, hey, there's about 30 other people that were involved they're in like, our yeah. shit. They're like, yeah. They're like, Sarah. Sarah's a fucking witch. Yeah. Actually, literally one of the other ones that I mentioned, her first name is Sarah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot her last name, okay. but I swear to God, the only other named woman was named Sarah so something. So continuing on my theory, I'm pretty sure that me and this girl are, are related. <laughs> Y'all are related. She's my ancestor. <laughs> she moved to Croatia. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she says, um, before we get into actually like all the cool ass witch shit that they do. I'm so um, into this. She says during her confession that she was, uh, this is Godie, Isabel Godie, she said that she had been initiated into the coven in 1647, 15 years earlier, and had risen to become the queen of the coven. Oh, Fuck hell yeah. Uh, right Daddy. when I said that, the like wave of that shot hit me. I was like, uh. shit, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> the testimony Godie gave obviously shocked the court and made her famous. Um, but it made her famous mostly due to how descriptive she was in her descriptions and also um, how sexual they were. So we're going to keep the sexual stuff off to the end. We're going to keep you like, you know, edging you on. Okay. You bastard. But let's just get into the witch stuff that they did. Okay. So I'm just listing. I'm literally just reading off a list of shit that happened. Wait, before you do this. Yeah. Good job. Because this segment is like so our podcast, like witch and sexual. No, no, seriously. I was like, oh my. I was like, I really want to find some good shit for Halloween. (laughs) And then I just read this. It was like Isabel Godey that like, you know, the Scottish witch who like, Describe the devil's <laughs> cock, and I was like, "Yes, okay, like, like this is exactly what I want." <laughs> like her last words were pretty much, "Anyways, has her sex life." Yeah, because this is our <laughs> fucking podcast. Yeah, like I can't. The whole entire time I was reading this, I was like, "How do we not fucking have a picture of her in our house?" Right yeah, now? like I, I need a like silhouette of her in my goddamn. House. I'm gonna get like a tattoo of her on my goddamn pussy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I fucking want her on the shaft of my cock. <laughs> um. So she had a dozen other witches. So I'm literally just re- like this will be broken up because I'm reading pit, like point bullet points. Okay. Yes. These are stuff. This is stuff that she actually literally accounted in court in 1666, April 13th through May 27th. Okay. 
like this is real shit that we have actual recordings of. Oh, okay. God. So she and a dozen other witches had flown to Sabbaths riding on rushes and corn straws by charming them into flight with an invocation of the devil. Goals. Uh, Godi also went on rides to Fairyland and claimed that she had been taught much of her witchcraft by fairies. We'll get back to the fairies a little bit later. Okay? Goals, goals. They're gays. Yeah. Just gay men. <laughs> just gay-ass motherfuckers like, yes! flowing in the Scotland forest, just, like, being fucking, like, having fucking fun, okay? Because fucking Christianity hadn't gotten to them because yet. Because fucking, oh, <laughs> my audio just changed. Ooh. It just made, like, a slight popping sound. Everything looks good. I think you're good. Okay. Okay, she, when they became bored, she would often say the witches metamorphosized into <laughs> animals. Same. Um, Godi even explained that to turn into a cat, she would say three times, and this is a quote from her, I shall go into a cat with sorrow and sign and a black shot, and I shall go in the devil's name, and while I come home again. That's a long chant. So she would say that three different times. It also said, um, a noted multiple times, that she would say she would turn into a hare or a rabbit. A lot of times. Okay. Um, in addition, Godi would also say the witches hexed children by inflicting injuries on clay dolls, dam- uh, damaged a farmer's crops by unearthing an unchristian child's corpse and burying it in the farmer's manure heap. <gasps> That's fucked. Yeah. Um, That's fucked with up. this clay doll, this is one of the instances where historians really like, like she is still very... Um, known today because she wouldn't just say like, oh, we made a clay doll and then just like, you know, did voodoo shit to it and stuff like that where a lot of other witches had said that before. Yeah. But she would, she also like would describe how like she ground it up and like get very descriptive into all these details. And this is why she's super known until today because she would take a lot of like tropes. You, you could cr- say quote unquote tropes of witchcraft that people had said they did before. Yeah. But on top of that, she would go into like really painstaking detail of it. And people were like, this motherfucker's a witch. <laughs> and she's this... like, yeah, I am. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I sucked the devil's cock <laughs> and kissed his ass. She's literally. Like, did I mention I get a, r- a little rimmy rim job? Yeah. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> Members of her coven were waited on by spirits. We're back to the fairies now. Members of her coven waited on by spirits clothed in yellow and grass green who had peculiar names like Pickle Nearest the Wind, Goals. Thomas the Fairy, Gay. and <laughs> and Over the Dyke with it. Okay, yeah. The, these are just fucking gay people. Like, members Y'all, I'm not making this shit up. The LGBTQ. This girl made this up in 1666, and it's circle we're circling she was a goddamn inspiration she like she is a queer icon she spearheaded <laughs> gays she's a queer goddamn icon gay halloween it started with her yeah not with second fucking san francisco yeah. isabel Godi, scotland's most infamous witch and queer icon yeah queer icon <laughs> okay so isabel also claimed that um, she would transform into the likeness of a crow. She sneaked into the cellars and kitchens of local castles and houses to eat their food, steal ale from dip barrels, and perform magical rituals. Duh. She claimed that she had traveled to the elves' house where she saw hollow and boss-backed elf boys whittling elf arrowheads and perhaps more bizarrely of all, that she had her companions charmed corn straws and windle straws into horses and then crying horse and haddock in the devil's name flew the like y'all sorry this is like quoting 
quoting uh, a fucking the same fucking website. Sixteen sixty two, bitch. Yeah. So yeah, so this is a lot of like unquoting her actual stuff from books of her. Yeah. Versus like writing like and trying to piece this together. So sorry, it's a little disjointed. Okay. That's fine. Is it too very disjointed? I'm having a lot of fun right now. Okay. I'm having so much fun because this is the gayest shit. I've yeah, ever this heard. is the gayest like witchcraft shit I've ever heard in my goddamn life. She's like, line. I saw elves polishing their elf arrows. Yeah. So like, basically, yeah, okay. I'm not even gonna. Yeah, I'm not even gonna read verbatim anymore because it's like really weird. But basically, this is what she says: is yeah, she would like turn into a crow, you know, go into some castles and uh, houses and then just like do rituals with fairies and elves and then she even did this ritual or she would like join in a ritual with elves that she saw where they would uh, turn corn stalks into arrows and that they would shoot arrows and that they fired it using a flick on their thumb quote a flick on their thumb cool um and they they she claims that her and also that other girl the other bitch that wasn't her I don't sarah know. yeah no sarah but then the, the the actual other one that i know the uh, the one her last name is braid hair or something like that what is i said that? it earlier y'all heard it go back it's fine we can't go back <laughs> we can only go forward we're too drunk we're only too we're too drunk we're too drunk i i can only go forward from here <laughs> I can only go in one goddamn direction. <laughs> Back is not the direction. <laughs> All I can imagine right now is just like a bunch of like witches with a bunch of gays like cursing straight men. Like they're like rolling. They're like walking around town and like and like this bitch Isabel's like, yo, Harry Sparkle Dick, like fucking fuck that guy up. And hey, he, like, pickle nearest the wind. Yeah. And he like flicks <laughs> oh my his God, finger. Gay ass name. He like flicks his finger and like suddenly these straight men are like on fire. Yeah. Like this is fucking women and gays taking back their like, power. Like their power in the fucking sixteen. This or is sixteen hundreds. Gay 17th century. and women rights. This is seventeenth century gay and women's rights. Yeah. <laughs> Predates all of the other rights. Yeah. So like <laughs> Like every person we've ever talked about ever has nothing on this bitch. Yeah, in her she's gaze. fucking cool as fuck. Okay, so going on with this bullet point, she said she and other witches also raise storms by reciting incantations while beating a wet rag on a rock. That kind of, that reminds me of the craft. Yeah, uh huh. It does remind me. Yeah, the like uh, what Naaman? Manon. 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 Um. So in Manon. confession, Manon. in confession, or sorry, in her second confession they actually have got her like super quoted and it was written down in old English script. Ooh, um, and cool. this is what she says. So I'm going to try this. I might edit this out because it's really hard and I've already read through this twice and I still might really fuck it up. I'm so because excited. I'm drunk. Okay. So she goes, when we raise the wind, we tack a rag of cloth and witnessed it in water and we take a beetle and knocks the rage on a st- ra- rag on a stone. And we say thrice our, or I knock this rag upon this stone to raise the wind in the devil's name. I shall not lie until I please again. Then they actually write damaged words missing. We would lay the wind. We dry the rags and say thrice over. We lay the wind in the devil's name. Damaged words missing again. Rise quill we or. It sort of repeats that three different times. It's basically. very the crafty. Cause like in the craft, they're like, Oh, like, like, 
whatever i the the tower of the wind the oh yeah like north the, the tower of blah 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah, tower yeah. of the earth the tower of the wind or i summon the blah 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 yeah, of the I west summon the, yeah i summon the i summon the i summon the, the. Ooh, boom yeah. sharks crazy i love it oh yeah then sharks all over santa barbara i'm so <laughs> fucking here for this okay so now Ugh. we have tantalized you <gasps> i'm we so have tantalized fucking chanted you we I'm have so given chanted. you fairy names but now we're ready for the sex I'm so ready for the goddamn okay. sex. So sexual activity was central to the witch's coven. Duh. And the Sabbaths, the Sabbaths of uh, the Sabbaths that Godi claimed to have in, claimed to have visited, she had intercourse with a well-endowed devil and with various <gasps> other demons. Yes. She graphically described Satan penis and his cold emissions, quote, <gasps> within her. She claimed to have a secret name, originally Janet, and then as the queen of the maiden's coven, Janet Martin, and would engage in sex with the male members of the coven at rituals every quarter of the year. Yeah, good for so, her. So she even copulated with one uh, demon lover while she lay in her own bed and maintained while her husband would lay asleep beside her. Her stupid ass husband. Holy shit! Her stupid ass, boring ass, boring ass, Wonder Bread like, vanilla, Wonder Bread doggy style husband. Yeah, I say go, Isabel. Okay. So this is a quote from Spooky Scotland. <laughs> the, the most credible source. So it says, during her first confession, she gave an account of her first encounter with the devil. She arranged to meet him in the Kirk at Alderan uh, at night, naming some others who were in attendance, including Janet Braidhead. Bread, it, this actually, this in Spooky Scotland, it says Breadhead. The other <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> if my last name was Breadhead, I'd be like, fine, I get it. I like carbs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, other other places, other sources said Braidhead, and this one says Breadhead. Okay, Braidhead so, makes more sense because braids on the head. Yeah, like that makes more sense. But maybe she made bread. <laughs> maybe she was a bread maker, <laughs> including Janet Breadhead and Margaret Brody. There we go. That's the other girl. Where's, not Sarah. I lied. Where's Sarah? That's <laughs> not it. You I lied. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> said that she renounced her baptism and was rebaptized by the devil who promptly renamed her Janet. <laughs> Janet, damn it, Janet. Damn oh my it, God, Janet. this is so queer. I know. This is the gayest shit you've ever uh, talked about, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Where she differs from the confession of others and is detailing how the devil put his mark on her shoulder, then sucked her blood. Oof. Having admitted to entering into the pact of the devil, she then disclosed that she had had carnal relations with him kissed his behind and that she met him with nice. a she met him in group as well as on her own whoa Sick. this is standard fare in a witch trial where she differs in the salacious details of her encounters with the devil whom she described as being very cold meekle black and a rock man that's her talking about his dick i don't know what that shit means but this is m e i k l e Black and a rock man. Rock man? R O C H. Okay, all I imagine, you know, and this is Roke the end man. when Jonah Hill gets raped by Satan. So <laughs> That's like, all I picture too. That is all I can picture right now. Is That's that all penis. I picture. So it's just like think of what you, we've always all been thinking of a huge ass black as night cock. <laughs> like with like lava. Like yeah. it shoots out just ice. It comes like, icy, lava icy lava into your orifice. Yeah, I was just it may about be. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
because we're inclusive here. You can have a pussy. You can not have a pussy. You can have whatever you want. You can have whatever you fucking want. It's 2019. It's 2019. If it's, Isabella it's 1662. Goatee, if it's 1662, where they're like more fucking gay than we are. It's That's why the Christianity killed them all because they were more progressive than humanity will ever be. Yeah, it's like witchcraft and fucking fairies. Like, are you kidding me? Fucking fairies named, and I quote, Pickle Dicks the Third or whatever. Your clothes, where is it? <laughs> it's like Lance Pickled nearest the wind. Yeah, and then that one girl has Dyke in her name. If we ever go on like an ayahuasca journey, I'm gonna be like, y'all are calling me Pickle nearest the wind or nothing at all. <laughs> what the fuck? Pickle nearest the wind. Like, don't address. Don't even try and communicate with me unless you say Pickle nearest the wind. You should change your Instagram handle to Pickle nearest the wind. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the fuck? I'm like, if you don't know, don't don't talk to it's me. It's like what what is it? You're living you're like you're living in twenty nineteen, but we're living in sixteen. We're living in sixteen sixty two. Okay. So did I get through that? <laughs> we were just talking about names. So Sarah oh. does not exist. Yeah, so again, his his dick was described as very cold, meekle, black in a rock man so yeah this is the end so yeah Penis. black dicks in your face like jet black just like like volcano dicks volcano in dicks. dicks in your face so the last thing is in this quote from spooky scotland oh yeah simone's I miss here you so much so allegedly he had forked and cloven feet which he sometimes covered with boots or shoes that's fine <laughs> they decided to put that in <laughs> Okay, we're done quoting His them. feet's the problem yeah, here. Yeah, his feet's the problem. <laughs> so reactions to... So we're done with the, the spooky shit. We're just going to wrap up here. Sorry, that was it. You got the description of his cock. It was not super I've, climactic, but accurate, I'm I guess. having so much fun. Who knows? Okay, so reactions to the confessions. There are multiple yes. historians uh, where some believe that, one, she was basically exactly right. There are people who believe in magic. Who are researchers that were like, yeah, this is all true. What she said, she was leader of the coven, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Others who are skeptics say that the devil was actually the coven leader in costume, complete with his cloven shaped boots, and that the drugs that he used on them induced the flying sensations that she talked about, where they would ride on the reeds and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Others also say that Godi probably just simply had a like like lapse into madness and went crazy. That's pretty classic. Okay, so now the legacy that she has left behind. So today, her detailed descriptions of rites and rituals have been used at the basis of modern Wiccan practices. She is also seen as somewhat as a patron saint to pagans and Wiccans who are persecuted for their, her beliefs, their beliefs. You can also, um, I'm going to add, you can go to witchvox.com. That's the word witch, W-I-T-C-H-V-O-X.com. Another credible source. And what? Another credible Another source. Another credible source. <laughs> And you can find, if you just search her name, uh, that is Isabel Godi. If you just search that name, you can find articles and lore about her there. There are also five novels about her, including The Devil's Mistress from 1915. Sick. The Drowning Pond from 2005. My Pussy. Isabel from 1977. I-S-O-B-E-L. Because sometimes it's Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L, and sometimes it's I-S-O-B-E-L. Isoballs. Izzo balls. Anal balls, anal beads, <laughs> beads. Um, the last Everything is anal beads. Anal beads. The second uh, the second to last one's Night Plague. That's fun. That's I fun. I like that. I still like the devil's mistress. mistress. I, I like the, what's the one? Like the drowning swamp. The drowning pond. I like to call my pussy the drowning the pond. Dr- <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the second, uh, Night Plague from 1994. Sick. And then The Witch of Alderaan from 2007. From George Lucas's Star Wars. <laughs> so I think it's older, Old Ron. It's Padme. Old Urn. I think it's Older Urn. Older Urn. Padme. Old Urn. Something like that. Is the witch What's Alderaan? in Alderaan? What's Alderaan? Alderaan is a planet in Star Wars. Which one, though? A planet. Alderaan play. I know a joke. There's this fucking joke. Oh, Alderaan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Th- that's where she's from, right? Padme? No, that's like Princess Leia needs to go to Alderaan for something. Yeah. Is that where she was born? I don't know. Where no, because that's Naboo. She was born in Naboo. But she needs to, but Princess <coughs> Leia needs to get to Alderaan for some reason. Yeah. Oh, no. Alderaan is the, is the planet that's blown up at the beginning of A New Hope. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, no, they're peaceful, they're peaceful, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's because it's her family's on there. No, but that's Naboo. Maybe they moved to Alderaan because she grew up on Naboo, right? I don't know. To God be damn, honest, I, I haven't, like, No, it watched. is Alderaan. It is Alderaan where her family grew up because yes. it's that councilman. It's from, yeah. From Clone Wars who who's, like, you know, sort of shows up. And then in the third one, he's like, I'll take her. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah. T- TBH. I haven't like watched through Star Wars in like five or six, five yeah. years. Yeah. No, it's Alderaan. Yeah. That's where Leia grew up because that, that council member from Clone Wars took him. Yeah. 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 We're right. Okay. So <laughs> there's also even two musical pieces influenced by oh, her. Oh, hell yeah. One is called The Confession of Isabel Godey, which is like an entire orchestral like piece like, from oh, 1990. Oh. And then there's one that's simply titled Isabel Godey from 1972. Sick. In both of these times, Isabel is typed I-S-O-B-E-L. You know what's interesting? This entire time that you said Isabel Godey, like, I feel like I have heard this name before. Yeah. And then at the end, when you talk about how it's, like, she's a spearheader of, like, Wicca and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, that's where. Cause I Maybe think you've my, read her name. In my Wiccan book, I think there might be, like, a huge section about her. Yeah. So, literally, all of these bulletin points that I went into, they could have been three times longer because she goes into great detail of how she did them. And you can go read these different books, and that's why there's so many books about her. Because she has all these different accounts, or not all these different accounts, but she has these very detailed accounts about them. I just didn't need to go into all of them because, like, there's so much going on, and this already took like 40 minutes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's Isabel Godey. She's a boss edge bitch. I love she her. is not only like a fucking badass bitch that like did witchcraft in 1662, but she's also a queer icon. Yeah, she's the goddamn queer icon we didn't know we needed, yeah. but we have. And she like. Literally got fucked by Satan with her fucking husband in the same bed and then kissed his asshole. Good so, like, for her. What else do you want to do with your life? Yeah. I like, don't really want to do anything else. Like if I die and I say that like and I can't say that I did that, I live the wrong life. Yeah. If I can't if I didn't rim Lucifer yeah. himself. Why'd you even live? Why did I even live? What's the goddamn fucking point? <laughs> what is God's plan if I can't suck Satan's asshole? God doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't suck Satan's asshole by the God time I die, exist. Mormonism's not real and God doesn't exist. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> We're so fucked. <laughs> uh, also, a side note, if Mormonism is real, Corey and I are fucked. We are fuckity fuck by We are so I'm in also going to be pissed off for eternity. We're going to be in outer darkness and cold. No. No. I renounce everything. <laughs> Corey's straight. He's starts making out with me. I can't. I got excommunicated. I'm fucked. Yeah. Sorry. We're <laughs> fucked, y'all. <laughs> or I didn't get excommunicated. I. What did I do? You just removed your records. Removed <laughs> my records. Oh my god. What? I found out something fucked up. Do you Ooh. want me to tell you? It's gonna ruin your day. That's okay. 
<laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a millennial. It's okay. Every day I'm is ruined. I wake up with my day ruined because mm-hmm. I'm a millennial. So. Every day people are like, climate change doesn't exist. I'm like, day ruined. So Jordan <laughs> found this out. I don't know how he found it out. So I'm just trusting Jordan as my source from mm. whatever source he found this from. But I guess like when you remove your records, <gasps> like that removes your records, like missionaries can't talk to you and stuff anymore. Yeah. But you still like remain like a number in the church. Ew. So like you're still like a statistic in the church. Yuck. You're still a number because like, yeah, you're still a fucking number. You're just an inactive number pretty much. Ew. Isn't that so gross? What so, assholes. So it's like whenever they talk about. I challenge Jordan's claim. I know. <laughs> I don't even. But also that's so like. I don't challenge it because, of course, the church is going to use that. Oh, of course, they're going to make themselves feel as good as they can. Yeah. I remember like, they like just announced two more temples here. I have I'm a funny like, story about that. So many people have like removed their records. There's no way. So they said that they're they're starting a temple in Orem. There's no fucking. And I room. guess the city of Orem responded and they're like, we didn't know about that at all. Like, there's no room. Yeah. Like they like literally. Have don't... you seen the meme where it's like they put a temple on top of a, the mall? Oh my. Because there's no fucking room. Orem is packed full, y'all. Yeah, they're going to have to build it in Vineyard and or call unless, it Orem. And yeah, the Vineyard are near the lake. Yeah. Um, and the lake is like poisonous, full of like flesh-eating bacteria, so don't do that. No. Okay, so let's move on to my segment now. Do you need to take a break? Oh, no, we're good. Okay. It's only 1230. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. We can totally do the ritual tonight. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Okay. So my segment's super fun. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's not nearly as fun as yours. Oh no! Because yours is. I am here for it. I was so like surprised. Like I found a hidden gem. I was like, "What the fuck? How have we not known about like, this?" Like she, like this is like the like she's a VIP. Of like my I life. thought we knew about witchcraft and shit. We didn't. We don't know shit. We don't know shit without Isabella Gr- Grudy. Yeah, Grody. Grody. Okay, yeah, so else. today I am talking about Ed Gein. Yes. So you know Leatherface. Uh huh. You know Norman Bates. Yes. You know Buffalo Bill. Yes. So what do these scary motherfuckers have in common? A real life serial killer. Ed motherfucking Gein. Yes. He was also known as the Butcher of Plainfield. So let's set the scene. Let's just do this. Let's what just, decade are we in? We're going to get to that right now. Yes. So Plainfield, Wisconsin, okay. 1957. All I picture is just Mad Men. Mad Men with cheese. Yeah. That's okay. all I got. So just imagine Donald Draper covered in cheese. Okay. But okay. like in overalls. So Plainfield, Wisconsin, very small, hardworking town. Nugget, baby, teeny tiny. The population was like less than 700. Jesus Christ. Nugget. Like the town had one gas station, one hardware store, one grocery store. A few cafes and restaurants, but like you're, I'm trying to build this whole scene. For Did you. they have a movie theater? Maybe it's the 50s, a drive-in theater. Probably okay, at best. I could maybe hold on to life. Yeah, like Nugget. Think of like the smallest town you can imagine, and like cut that in half. Like this is this town was just. I can imagine a town of seven thousand. Yeah, like se- less than seven hundred. Yeah, fuck like, that. Like that is like my graduating class of my high school was like nine hundred. More than that. Yeah, so it's less than yeah. that an entire town. Yeah. So like everybody knew each other. Everyone knew everyone. You grew up with the people you grew old with. Jesus. Like it was just this tiny ass town in Wisconsin. Never. 
Former residents explained that the 50s in Plainfield, it was just a time of just pure innocence. Like nothing felt wrong because you knew your neighbor. You grew up with your neighbor. You never locked your door. Everything was fine. I like anonymities. 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 I like anime titties too much. Anime titties too much. Anonymity. There we go. I like anime titties too much. So this all changed the pure, the innocence, the nugget town. Everything changed in November of 1957. Everyone's going to get fucked. A nuke. I'm just kidding. You're like, whoa, that's a different story. Jesus Christ. So on November 16th, 1957, the people of Plainfield noticed that the hardware store, so there's only one hardware store in this tiny ass town. This hardware store wasn't open. It was really fucking strange for the people because Bernie's warden who was the owner she never showed up late she always opened on time like she was there like it was the hardware store Bernice is there she's kicking it she's working and especially like this was peak hunting season so like people were constantly needing tools they're constantly needing something from her hardware store so the fact that Bernice didn't open her shop was really bizarre so police were called they entered the building and they found a receipt for a gallon of antifreeze and a blood trail leading towards the back door. Okay, so the police called Bernice's son. His name is Frank. And he mentioned that the night before, Ed Gein wanted to buy antifreeze. It, I'm just saying it for you. Um, I'm and, not being a bitch trying to correct. And he was going to, and Ed was supposed to buy some in the morning. Got it. The day that she disappeared. So everyone in the town knew Ed. Ed was different, but he was kind. Like, people all around town, um, you know, they trusted him. He helped them around their house. He babysat their kids. You know, he sat with them at dinner. He paid, Like, he was paid to do odd jobs. It was just Ed. Like, Ed was weird, but Ed was fine. Like, he wasn't... But he still fit. He worked. Like, he wasn't capable of hurting anybody. It was, like, shy, kind of weird Ed. But, like, he's not going to hurt anybody. So the police, they decided to go check on Ed to see if they noticed anything because they didn't really suspect Ed of being capable of hurting Bernice. But they're like, maybe Ed saw her. Maybe he knew what was going on. So regardless, like they got a search warrant and they went to Ed's house because this is like the only thing that's happened in this town like ever. Ever. Yeah. So they drove out to his farm and his farm was located on the outskirts of the town. They knocked on the door and he wasn't home. So Sheriff Schley... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> weird yeah um he decided because they had the search warrant that he was just going to enter the house maybe like ed was in the house he didn't know like i'm just gonna go in the house and see if there's anything that can help us now as he walked through the trash in the pitch black kitchen because the farm did not have electricity he brushed into something hanging from the ceiling ew so he moved his flashlight or torch whatever existed in the 50s flashlights probably existed he moves it towards the object, and he saw a a naked human carcass, beheaded, disemboweled, and hung upside Ew. down from the ceiling beam. The wrists were tied to a ceiling beam, and the ankle tendons were slashed and replaced by poles Ew. that were then drilled into the ceiling. Holy shit. The sheriff Schley immediately threw up. And then screamed, and all the other investigators ran inside, and they saw the body. They then decided to look around the rest of the house. So as they walked through They're the like, house, hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> so as they walked through the house of six hundred and sixty-six corpses, that's not the real number, but that's like a little nod to House of 
thousand. A thousand corpses, which was inspired by this guy. Awesome. Side note. Still need to watch that, but I'm not big on Rob Zombie. Um, so they found here's a long list of things that they found. I'm just gonna read through this list. Like this list is like compiled from like a million different websites. It's just like a quick facts of oh, all yeah. the shit they found. Boom. Whole human bone and fragments. A wastebasket made of human skin. Human Ew. skin covering several chair seats and couches. Skulls on the bedposts. Female skulls. Um, some with a top sewn off used as soup bowls and uh, pots and pans. Jesus. Um, more bowls and utensils made from human skulls and bones. A corset made from a female torso, skin from the shoulders to the waist. Leggings made from human leg skin. That's made messed up. Multiple masks. And I'm saying, you know, 10, 20, 30 masks made from the skin of female heads. So precisely cut that it looked like a human head just sitting there but it was in mask ew mary hogan's face mask and a paper bag bookmark her name highlight mary that hogan. we'll go back to her later mary hogan's skull in a box bernice warden the girl that i just talked about earlier Who owns she's the, the hardware store her entire head in a burlap sack with her ears stapled to the back of her head with with wires sticking out ready to be hung from somewhere. What the fuck? Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of Ed Gein's pot belly sorry, Ed Gein's pot bellied stove. Nine vulvas in a shoebox. No. A young girl's dress. Nine vulvas in a shoebox? Yeah. That reminds me of Tyler when Tyler's always like, that's the name of a song or an album or a band oh it's about nine vulvas, nine in, a vulvas in a shoebox that is so tyler's like that's the story that's the there you go tyler <laughs> think of that um a young girl's dress and the vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old um a belt made how from... do you just cut off somebody's vulvas so we're we'll get into that in a second. A belt made from female human nipples. There are about nine nipples made into a belt. Four noses. Ew. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. A lampshade made from the skin of a face. So face lampshade. What the fuck? Fingernails from female fingers in a boarded up room. Ooh. What's in the boarded up room, Jenna? I'm going to go through that later. <laughs> so police. How do you cut vulvas? Could not fucking <laughs> believe their goddamn eyes. How? Why? What the actual fuck? In what you're saying right now is so like crazy. It, it doesn't seem real. Oh, that's kind of the whole Ed Gein thing. Like, like it doesn't seem there's real. There's a huge like. Like, I don't really go too much into it at the end because that could be, like, a whole thing in itself. Uh -huh. But, like, the psychological impact that Ed Gein has had on pop culture and, yeah. like, American culture because he is no longer real to us. Yeah, like, so we're, we're, we hear about and are exposed to aspects of his real-life case long before we figure out that he was a real person. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, this this seems fake. Like, it can't be it can't Like, be I real. still don't. Like, I have actually seen the nipple belt, but I, like, still don't think it's real. Like, I just went through over 20 different points. Yeah. And, like, like this whole time. Like, like more graphic than, like, more than half the stuff you've already gone over. Yeah. But it's just like, it it's still so doesn't seem real. It's so movie-esque. Like, it, does, it's, it, it doesn't can't be real. real. Yeah. So police were, like, in the exact same mind frame as, like, us. It's like, how is this real? What the actual fuck? 
how is this happening? Why is this happening? And who is Ed Gein? <laughs> who the fuck? So Ed Gein was born on August 27th, 1906 in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So if you're born on August 27th, damn. Yeah, like you might be Ed Gein. He was born, his parents were George and Augusta Gein. He had one. Oh my God, George. Oh my God. I made a Pikachu gasp face towards you. Corey is this guy's dad. No, I'm not, because I'm not named George. Corey's ancestor is this guy's dad. It's like alternative me. Alternative 1906 you yeah. gave birth to this. The oppressed psychopath. gay George. Yeah, the oppressed gay George who was married to Augusta. Y'all gave birth Fuck to. Me. Henry and then Ed. So Henry was seven years older than Ed. So Ooh, Ed had a Henry older portrait brother. of a serial killer. Now, like their childhood were like it was just fucked up. Jesus Christ. So like as most violent crimes and like terrible evil people go, you can always usually link it back to their childhood. Usually like their mommies, their daddies and shit like that. So buckle up. So his dad was like a crazy abusive alcoholic, just wild piece of shit. Um, and his mom was a super crazy Christian, God-fearing Classic. psychopath. She brainwashed the shit out of her family. Jesus Christ. His mom um, repeatedly taught the boys from the Bible and told them that every single moment of every single day that women were brought to earth to tempt them and bring them down to the depths of hell. <laughs> the only woman that Ed or Henry should ever love or care for is her because she b- was brought down from the heavens to show them the way of the light. Freud is just like auto, like choking him, autoerotic asphyxiation in a corner right now. Oh, like, I, yeah. <laughs> his tie is tied to a fucking doorknob and he's just like coming on his knees. He's like, right you want to fuck your mom? <laughs> 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 so. Augusta, who is the mom, sometimes I'll refer to her as like the mom or Augusta, same uh-huh. bitch. Um, she was the breadwinner and she, because she owned a grocery store in La Crosse. Um, she worked. She made that money. She was like the most dominant motherfucker in the household. She manipulated the hell out of all the men Jesus in her life. Christ. Now, in 1914, she decided to move her family to a rural town of Wisconsin to isolate them from the evil influences that could hurt or corrupt her boys. So she found Damn, a, I want to know her backstory. She, I can make that a case. I actually, I don't Holy know if I could, because it's kind of hard. Some history gets foggy. Yeah. She's like, and it might just be like four sentences. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll, maybe I'll make her a spooky scoop. Now she found a 195 acre farm in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Jesus Christ. And she moved her entire family there to get away from the evils of the world. The closest neighbor was over a mile away. So she eventually let Ed and Henry go to school, but only if she promised or only if they promised to not socialize with anyone outside of the family or the teachers. Okay. That was like the condition to go to school. So like Ed went to school, his teachers and classmates recalled him being shy, um, that he had really strange mannerisms. You know, he would, for example, have like random fits at la- of laughter at like really inappropriate times. Fuck, And a that's lot of the creepy. times, like you could see him having a full conversation with himself or like turning and talking to someone no one was there and just like hysterically laugh or like scream or like yell and things like that to like no one. I think I'm crazy when I like 
talk to myself in the middle of the day this where I'm like, you need crazy. to do this, and then you need to do this. <laughs> um, now, he was punished by his mother anytime he made a friend. Like, anytime he mentioned someone at school, he would be punished, either verbally or physically. Um, so he remained completely alone. His only friend was his mother. He thought his mother was the best person in the world. He, f- he followed every order because she was his everything. She made sure of that. Now, this is very Norman and Norma Bates. Fred's, like, sucking traffic cones up his ass right now. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just like... <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, Ed's older brother, Henry, was like, this bitch is crazy. Like, mom's fucked up. Um, and he he decided though to continue like living on the property just for ed because he was like okay mom's like really trying to manipulate the shit out of ed maybe if i stay here like maybe oh I my god help like ed this like is like bates motel fucking bates motel like well this is like the psychological he's like well fuck i need to look after norman yeah like this is like that you, hot ass guy was that hot he's so he's so fucking hot he's like god damn it i just want to throw he me just against hit the me wall. over the head with a fucking wrench oh god yeah <laughs> he's so fucking hot you guys so go watch base motel also if you're from me he's it. so hot and troubled yeah oh. he's so <laughs> troubled like oh lord just trouble my pussy <laughs> trouble my pussy <laughs> Trouble my goddamn Oh, pussy. Lord, comma, trouble, trouble my, my pussy. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on April 1st, <laughs> on April 1st, 1940, <laughs> Ed's father, George, Corey. God damn it. He died of heart failure. Sorry, Corey, you're going to die I of heart failure. I died of heart failure. failure if you die of heart George. failure, I'm going to be spooked. <laughs> my grandpa. So... George, again, just to reiterate who George is, he is Ed and Henry's father. Actually, fun fact, Ed. not fun facts. He's Corey. My grandpa, whose name is George, dies of heart failure. Ah! Yeah, isn't that crazy? You, you might be Ed Keen. I know. I'm going to roll up to your house. You're going to have a skin suit on. <laughs> Anyways. Which is perfectly fine that my grandpa, who was born in the 20s or 30s, was named George. <laughs> but not me, who was born in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So after George Corey died, um, Ed and Henry were completely like they had to take care of their house. They had to start taking up jobs around town to start covering like living expenses to take care of their mom. Now, the brothers were generally considered reliable and honest by like the residents of Plainfield. They worked as handyman. They were really good at being handyman. Um, But Ed was also like a babysitter. Um, he was like the best babysitter in town. Like everyone fucking loved Ed as their babysitter. Like needed a babysitter, they would they would call Ed because he was really great with children. Like he was really kind of weird and standoffish towards adults, but he was really able to like dive into a child's mind and like get along with the with the kid. And he was a great babysitter because of it. Um, now, the entire community pretty much looked at Ed and Henry as reliable, kind, honest. Like, they're weird, but, like, they're great. Like, it, it's, it's Ed. Like, Henry's totally fine, but, like, Ed's a little weird, but yeah. it's just Ed. So, Henry But they're, like, they're weird, but they're good. Yeah. And, like, Ed was definitely the weirder of the two. Like, yeah. Henry was, like, you know, like, not super normal, but, like, 99% normal, while, like, Ed was, like, fucking weird. <laughs> but it was just Ed. It was just sweet, kind, shy, patient, hardworking, babysitting Ed. Okay. Now, Henry 
began dating a divorced single mother of two and he planned on moving in with her. He was worried about leaving Ed and could see like the weird fucking Man, she was a divorced single mother of two in the 50s? Yeah. Damn. I know. So like go her for finding Henry. Yeah, go her. Henry's going to move in. He was like, yo, Ed, like you have a weird relationship with mom. And Ed's like, you mean mother? Um, and he is like, so uh, I'm going to talk some shit about mom to you. And anytime he would talk shit about mother to Ed, Ed would like freak out. This is exactly season one, Bates Mattel. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Um, now, Ed saw their mother as like a goddess of like a perfect being. So the fact that Henry could say anything negative about her like shooketh him to his motherfucking core. Jesus. No one could say a bad thing about mother. Mother was his best friend. He loved mother. Norman? Norman Norma? fucking Bates. Four years went by and tension grew and grew and grew between Henry and Ed. Now, on May 16th, 1944, Ed and Henry, they were fighting off a brush fire that was burning dangerously close to their farm. According to Ed, the two separated in different directions to fight the fire from both sides. He and Henry were, like, able to see each other the whole time. Everything was fine. But eventually the fire and smoke just got so intense that he lost sight of Henry. Um, he was able to put out the fire, but he just couldn't find his brother anywhere. So Ed, like, ran to the police. He called them. He was like, yo, fought this fire. My brother just appeared. Come help me find him. Can we organize, like, a search party? So they organized, like, this whole search party. They all roll up to the farm. And Ed, like, led the party directly to his brother's body. And he was, like, his unburned body. And he was, like, oh, my God, crazy. Like, wow. What the The fuck? body's right here. And investigators were, like, what the actual fuck? Like, exactly what Corey just said. Because nothing in Ed's story, like, Wait. matched the body. Nothing. Like, the like Henry's body. What is that? What? Are you hitting something? No. I'm just moving with my hand like this. It sounds like someone's like... Ew! Like a little bit on the door out there. Like it sounds like... Oh, it's probably s'mores. It smells like... But she stopped. I don't know, because I was just moving this hand. Oh, I really thought it was s'mores. It I didn't think it was anything spooky. It might, Jordan might have called her. Oh, okay. It probably was. It's usually s'mores. Uh, okay, so investigators are like, yo, what the actual fuck? Like this dead ass body of henry's like does not match ed's story at all <laughs> because henry was lying like on a I grass get burned. of unburned grass he was just kicking it on like a, a perfect little piece of grass and he had bruises all around his head uh. now police though they didn't believe that ed was capable of killing anybody it was sweet shy kind patient babysitter ed um especially he couldn't kill his brother he loved henry like henry and ed were so close so they dropped it. They're like, okay, we're just going to accept the fact that the brother died from smoke when he's fuck? dead. We're going to completely ignore the fact that he has bruises all over his head and that he was found away from the fire, but it's fine. And that Ed brought us directly to his body. It's fine. We're going to ignore it. It's sweet, kind little Ed. Everything's great. Okay. So now Ed and his precious mother were alone at last. No one could say any another mean thing about his mother. It was just him and his perfect Norma, Norman Disgusting. Bates' mother. Now, shortly after Henry's death, Augusta, the mom, she suffered a stroke that left her paralyzed. So Ed took care of her for months. Oh, my God. She eventually passed away from a second stroke on December 29th, 1945. So only a year after uh, his brother died. This is when 
Ed broke. So the only person who we ever loved in this entire world was dead. He was completely and utterly alone. At her funeral, he was hysterical, like uncontrollably hysterical. Like no one could calm him down. I mean, it was like not a normal reaction Damn. at the funeral. Um, he lost it. He just broke. He then went back to his isolated farm completely alone. And when he was there, the first thing he did was board up her bedroom so no one could ever touch it again, which is the boarded room they found when That's they disgusting. went through. And when they found that boarded room, when they opened up those boards, they saw a perfectly like tidied bedroom with like a rocker in the corner, old woman clothes, <sighs> a mirror, pictures. I mean, it was impeccable just with dust. Damn. Boarded up because no one could touch mother's room. Holy shit. So living in a giant farmhouse all alone with no electricity, he obviously went fucking crazy if he didn't think he was crazy already. He spent his days reading books about the anatomy of the human body, how to exhume graves and shrink heads, how to butcher animals, how to sew. And while he just was going mad, his house became a hoarding nest of dirt, trash, grime, and just decay. Ew. All except the boarded up bedroom of his departed mother. It didn't bother him at all that his house was getting destroyed and just decaying because he knew his mother's room was spotless. Mother would be happy because her room was spotless. I love mother. I miss mother. How do I get mother back? Yeah. So eventually, when he felt like he really understood death, the body, butchering, sewing, he decided that he was going to get his mother back. So he turned to the obituaries. It was from the obituaries that he would learn of the recent deaths of the local women. Now he knew what time and place the bodies were buried, so all he had to do was dig them up. Ew. So he did. He dug up grave after grave after grave, and this went on for years. Each time t he would take the corpse, he would decorate his house with their bones, with their skulls, and then he would take their skin and he would upholster furniture with the skin or build a skin suit, and he'd always make a mask out of every single victim so he could wear the mask so <sighs> he could pretend to be his mother. Um, he later told police that he never had sex with the corpus corpses because of their smell, but he did get sexual pleasure from peeling their skin off of their bodies uh. and wearing it. He also said that he was curious to know what it was like to have breasts and a vagina, and he often dreamed of being a woman. He was fascinated with women because of the power that they held over men. Ooh. And that's, like, directly related to the way he perceived his mom. Yeah. And, like... All of that. Um, now, this went on until he was no longer satisfied with digging up corpses. Enter Mary Hogan. And I mentioned her earlier today, and I told you to highlight her. Mm -hmm. Mary owned a, a pub. It was called the Pine Grove Tavern. Um, it was one of the only establishments that Ed Gain regularly visited. In 1954, um, Ed walked into the Pine Grove and shot Mary to death. He then dragged her body back to his farm and he made pieces um, and skin suits and a skin suit out of her body and a face mask out of her face. Ugh. Three years later, Ed wanted to kill again. So he went to the hardware store, shot Bernice Warden and dragged her back to his farm where he beheaded her to begin his work on another mask. This time was different, though. 
police showed up to his house and he ran away to, an, to his neighbor's house. His neighbor called the police and the police showed up and arrested Ed. Oh, damn. That's where he got arrested. So Ed, he didn't talk at first, but after investigators were like, yo, we found like a hanging body. <laughs> we found skin suits. We found vulvas, nipples, masks. We found vulvas. Lamps, couches. Like you kind of fucking name it and we found it. <laughs> Ed was like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll tell you what. You give me a piece of apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese on top of it, and I'll tell you anything you want. And so they got him the apple pie and the cheddar cheese, and Ed was like, sick, where do we start? He's like, so those vulvas. So those goddamn vulvas. Um, He told the police anything, everything, anything they ever wanted to know. Um, So now it was time to determine if he was competent to stand trial. So doctors determined that he suffered from schizophrenia and he was prone to hallucinations and delusional thinking, um, believing that he was an instrument of God with the power to raise the dead. Also mommy issues, naturally. A necromancer with mommy issues. Yeah. Um, Now he was not competent to stand trial, obviously. So he was sent to the state psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. Now, in 1968, his doctors wrote... So, that was in, what, 1957. So, 1968, so, like, what, nine years later, um, his doctors wrote a letter to the court saying he was now competent to stand trial for the murder of Bernice Warren. So, this is two to three years before Psycho came out. Um, Yeah, it is. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I know. This this is a fun one for you, Corey, because it's, like, so many horror movies. So the trial lasted um, nine days. He was found guilty and sent back to the hospital for the rest of his life. Ed Gein died due to respiratory failure secondary to lung cancer on July 26, 1984, at the age of 77. Damn. And they buried him next to his mother. What the fuck? I know. That should not have been allowed. So, at, well, it's actually really surprising. I think I'm going to do a, a either a case file or a spooky scoop on this about, like, what they do with the corpses of these types of criminals. Crazy bitches. Because, like, with Ted Bundy, they scattered his ashes, like, in the mountains in, like, Washington. Yeah. Which is already, like, really fucked up because that's where a lot of his victims are. Yeah. So, it's kind of interesting to me that they, like, honor some of these people's final wishes. Like, this guy was buried next to his mother. Yeah. Like, Fuck that. Like, you want to just burn his body and just throw away the ashes? Yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting to me. So, I kind of want I want to learn, like, what's the line that they draw? Maybe that's just, like, yeah, the Talk. humanity line of, like, okay, whatever. And, and it could, like, be also a whole time period thing. Like, this was in the 80s, and so maybe they did something different back. I want to know what they do now. Like, if a yeah. serial killer got murdered or, like, got killed just throw it away today what would they do yeah anyways pause that's either gonna be a spooky scoop or a fat or a uh, case file unknown depends how much research there is so anyways moving on though to the like pulp culture side of ed gein so you know his story like shooketh america and it put plainfield wisconsin like on the motherfucking goddamn map yeah um ed gein inspired three classic horror movies Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lambs. So Robert Block, um, he heard about Ed Gein, and he wrote the novel Psycho in 1959. Yeah. Um, a year later, Alfred Hitchcock released the movie was that like, was based damn, on Damn, that's a good-ass book. book. And then, like, in the 2010s, Bates Motel was released about that. Yeah. So, like, whenever we were talking about He Bates also Motel, remade so. Psycho in the 90s. 
Um, so or wait, early 2000s. So Psycho, yeah, it did with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, with Vince Vaughn, yeah. So Psycho, it captured the really fucked up relationship of Ed and his mother with Norma and Norman Bates. Like, it's like to a T, their relationship Damn. is then like rewritten on screen. Like, if you watch, like, that's why Corey and I kept on being like, oh my God, Bates Motel. Yeah. Because it's like parallel. It's the yeah. same fucking story. And just the with older brother, that's like. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, they drew inspo from the skin suits and like mm-hmm. the skin lamps, skin furniture, creepy farm, etc. Skin face. And then yeah. Silence of the Lambs and like Leatherface, of course. Yeah. And then Silence of the Lambs, um, the killer Buffalo Bill, he got inspo from Ed's skin suit to become a woman. So like this is not me just speculating, being like these horror movies are related to Ed Gein. Like the writers and the directors like, have no. said, like Ed Gein was a direct inspiration for these characters. Yeah, like because of him, we were able to write these characters and even like imagine and create a character that could be that evil. Uh-huh. And that I believe also I, I was watching the Crystal Camp Crystal Lake Memories. Mm-hmm. It's like a documentary. It's on Shutter right now, Fun. and it's about all of the Jasons. Uh, Jason was is inspired, or at least like just like conceptually inspired by Ed Gein as well. It's crazy, like every yeah. single horror movie and like House of a Thousand Corpses, things like that. Like they can all be, a lot of them get inspired. Oh, totally, yeah. Because he's so, like what Corey and I talked about at the beginning of this. Like it doesn't even seem real. It doesn't. Like, like I have said, I still don't think what you just said was real. I, I yeah, like I have said a lot, like a lot less fucked up things that have hit us harder. But like yeah. this, like I'm talking about like nipple belts and vulvas and everything vulvas. like that. But it's not fucking real to us. What the fuck? Which is crazy. So this is a kind of a fun, quick little spooky scoop inside of this. So in addition to like the horror classics that we just went through, Ed Gein also started a new genre of comedy. <gasps> Dark comedy. Dark comedy. How so? So news outlets and comedians, they started making jokes about Ed Gein and his skin decor and suits and everything like that. Just because the situation was so batshit wild. Yeah. How did people learn how to cope with that psychologically was <sighs> dark humor. And so dark comedy. So literally like oh, that's fun. because of Ed Gein, our entire podcast exists today. That's a cool spooky much. scoop. So yeah, like dark comedy would not have existed be without ed gein that's cool because people can't handle how because we could not it doesn't seem real it. Yeah. so we had to cope by humor it's pretty cool that's fucking cool isn't that cool i know i like pikachu gas the whole time I was that's really it. cool so that's know, my favorite thing that we have talked about i know because i i never really think about like Except the origin for maybe fucking isabel <laughs> yeah like this is probably one of my favorite episodes this is our, one of our favorite episodes <laughs> i never really think about like the origin of like different genres of comedy yeah like i've never thought about the origin of dark comedy and like dark comedy existed before but that's what pushed dark comedy into like mainstream pop culture that's cool because everyone like it was such a fucked up story that everyone could not handle it without adding humor and so like that has only created what you're listening to right now and like it, it created a huge genre of comedy that is you know ed gein created it we perfected it thanks ed gein. <laughs> so ed gein he was clearly insane and his mother fucked him up and created a goddamn monster who had vulvas and skin suits who had multiple vulvas stashed away anyways it's our sex life <laughs> damn i know it's a good one. Man, this is hard doing this on Wednesdays. What did I do? Okay. I know. So last Wednesday. Oh, so 
Um, the next day, Thursday, so last Thursday, we did our first queer horror night. Yes. We watched uh, The Craft, and then we watched Mean Girls because it was October 3rd. Cute. It was really fun. Good times. Then Friday, we had our first volleyball game. We won like 20, we won like by, you know, 21 to six, the first game. It had, it was best two out of three. The second game, we lost basically the opposite way. And then the last game, we lost like 13 to 15, like exactly Aww. what the, you need to win by two. Yeah. So we just barely lost. It was really sad. I was really pissed off, like understatement, like vi- vis- like visually. Visibly. Thank you. <laughs> Junk. I got you. Visibly, like visibly mad, visibly angry. Cute. <laughs> I f- no, it was not cute. It was oh. really sad. Um, sad. But it's okay. We got over it. We got over it. We're here. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, you like punch your laptop screen. Yeah, I was really mad. <laughs> um, so we did that, and then that was Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saturday just had like did work, and then left work and came went back. So stayed that night. That morning helped people move and then went back to down here, worked, then went back up to Salt Lake. Oh, man. <laughs> and then we just, like, did a bar crawl. That was fun. Oh, fun. Um, did anything super noteworthy happen during the bar crawl? We got drunk. We drank alcohol. Unknown. I was working this entire no, time. No, nothing super, super duper noteworthy. Yeah, that was basically it. Then Sunday, what did we do? Oh, no D&D happened, so we still haven't finished. Wow. <laughs> um... What did we do Sunday? I was out in nature. You were out in nature. I, oh, woke up, had brunch, then went home and went to work. And that was it. And then missed out on cocaine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Corey (laughs) missed out on doing some cocaine, which is probably good. Yeah, probably. But probably is the keyword, the (laughs) questionable keyword. (laughs) It's okay. That was my weekend. Cute. Yeah, it was cute. It was a fun weekend. Let's see. I worked like a crack whore all last week. And yeah. then Jordan and I, we spent Saturday and Sunday um, driving up different canyons to experience fall. Like Saturday, we went up to like Park City yeah. and um, this other place. I don't remember what it's called at all, but it was so beautiful. It was so cool. And like it was my first time walking through like Park City Main Street during the day because like I've only ever been to Park City when we were like super drunk at Rocky Horror. And then, like, at the uh, film festival and things like that. But I've never been there during the day. It's so cool during the day, Park City. It's so yeah, cute. Yeah, so, it's, like, so, it's so fun. It's quaint, so fun. Beautiful. So many rich people. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, like, so not there. It's fun to just, like, sit in one of the bars on the street, just, like, out. It's really nice. And yeah, then you just I've done see that. all the motherfucking rich people. And then, yeah, we just explored fall. And then Sunday we went to Payson Lakes and, like, explored fall again. And the pictures are all over my Instagram, so go look. Yes. And uh, and then I just been literally just working. Jordan got a really cool tattoo today, though. You got a fucking awesome. Tattoo. It's of a hawk skull with juniper, um, in like juniper branches, branches leaves. like yeah. in the background. It's really cool. And then we, I got really inspired, so now I'm getting a tattoo yes. in like three weeks. I just, need, I'm gonna get a tarot. She card. chose to get a tattoo on the day that we have three Halloween a parties, eight hour bar crawl, and three Halloween parties. Scheduled. Like my tattoo. <laughs> It's literally an hour before the bar crawl. Yeah. <laughs> like, Corey's going to visit me mid-bar crawl, and I'll, like, see if Mid I'm up for wonsies. it. Yeah. But I decided I'm going to get a tarot card, and then I might get, like, another cute little, like, tattoo. Cute. We'll see. And then, other than that, like, everything... I've just been working, y'all. It's, yeah. It's just been a really busy fucking week. I have been work. working hard and partying hard this past week. It was, like, 
go party, go back home, work, go party, then come back here and then, you know, like go to Salt Lake party, come yeah. back down here, work, go to Salt Lake party, come back down here, work. I didn't know I did zero partying. I did get super stoned and watch The Conjuring, and that was scary. Yes. I was scared. Which I might do when you do it. You will do. I will it's force weed I just don't want to not enjoy The Conjuring because I have so much fun. But if I watch it, hi, I'm going to be so scared. Well, you're watching it anyways tomorrow. So you're watching it for joy tomorrow. That's true. And I'll That's scare true. the shit out of you in two weeks. Oh, yeah. It's scary. Queer horror for tomorrow is The Conjuring. We Cute. might watch a second movie but we might also might not depending what happens yeah just depending on how late it is but yeah it's been a it's been a good week we're recording on wednesdays now in case you didn't gather yeah, that yeah, and yeah. we're loving it like it's so fucking totally. awesome you guys yes. good break in the week and just it feels so good yeah we're loving it oh um on other note of anyways has your sex life to be literal sex life is absent i haven't really had sex for like three weeks it's okay. But I did, because I haven't had sex for three weeks, I had the hottest five seconds of my goddamn Oh my God, yes. Tell everybody about it slowly. <laughs> Y'all, this is so like sex deprived three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the politician has come out on Netflix in the past three weeks, something like that. Yeah. It, go watch it. You, all you do is need to watch the first 20, 20 minutes of the first episode to know what I'm talking about. So there is basically the main character and then a guy that looks like Henry Cavill who is running against the main character for class president. Okay. So in the beginning of the of the movie or film episode, whatever, goddamn, <laughs> um, the main character runs into the guy's house and then it's just like, why are you running against me? Blah, 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 blah. And you get that there's some like sexual tension going on between them and they actually sort of not like overtly relate, you know, he like the main character or vote overtly refers to it and then he runs out and then after something happens like 10 minutes later he again runs back into his house like two days later and then runs into him and they like both like start yelling at each other and they start crying and like there's all this sexual tension and then the henry cavill lookalike guy like caresses like the main guy's face and like lingers a finger on his lips and i like was just watching this just (laughs) so sexually frustrated (laughs) got like like physically hard just like for these yes! five seconds as I'm like eating my breakfast going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I literally that happened and I literally like turned off the TV and I was like, okay, I'm going to work. Oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's hilarious. So I guess that's what three weeks of zero sex does to you. I love it. It was fun. So uh, <laughs> That's my sex life. <laughs> yeah, I guess my sex life has been good. I don't even... It's so hard since we do this on Wednesdays now. I yeah. like, can't remember what it's I talked so about. It's so hard to like, think about. of the week this way. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume that I had ball slappy sex this week. That's usually a safe assumption. Yeah. Unknown. But It's been seven days, six I, days. I guess my biggest question to our listeners is, anyways. House. Your. Sex. Life. Bye. Happy Halloween. <laughs>